but also I want Roman to be happy. <laughs> you little pig winker. What's what's weird? What's milker. weird is like like in horror movies, like where there's tort, there's torture to the teeth. Mm-hmm. That gets me. Oh really? Not yeah, me that, so much. Uh, that's the thing. Teeth or I can't remember what the other one, but uh, teeth scenes always get to me. There's like a pretty old... brutal tooth scene in uh, the Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, I'm only on. The, I've only seen two episodes. Yeah, I haven't okay. got there yet. Dang. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably like six episodes in or something. But oh, yeah, okay. there's a there's some teeth stuff in there. Trigger warning. There, there's even there's a movie from I don't know '87 or so, a horror movie called um, Intruder. Well, it's it's about. Um, a bunch of folks that are working the evening before Black Friday in a department store and they're getting ready for Black Friday. Oh, God. And then they get trapped in there and there's a killer and they don't know who it is. And it's pretty cheesy and goofy. It's, uh, Ted Raimi's involved and I think Sam Raimi is in it, hmm. but they didn't direct it and Bruce Campbell's in it. But so it's a fun, goofy, but effective horror movie. And it's cheesy practical effects. But there's one scene where somebody gets like shoved down on a, uh, I think it's a bandsaw. Is that the one with the, 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 the spinning thin blade. circle, yeah. No, oh, not the circle. The the oh. thin, super thin blade. Oh, that's up and down. Yeah. yeah, that might. Is that a jigsaw? That no. jigsaw? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Man, tool things. Welcome to the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast, episode 331. It's hosted by The Comics Place. It's The Comics Place presents a Perfectly Acceptable Podcast. Uh, they hosted by Jeff. What's going on, bud? Hey, Jeff. The Comics Place is Jeff? Hosted by Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm The Comics Place's Django. Yeah. And introducing... The Comics Place's Roman. You guys... Ew. I'm just bumming a little bit. <laughs> What's wrong, bud? Well... This life is filled with uncertainty, horrible journeys, ups and downs. We can't quantify uh, that so much is uncertain. Um, but one thing is certain, and it is that Chandler Bing could not be any more dead. And he's my favorite. R.I.P.C.B. He's my he's my favorite, guys. I um, within the last four months, I have watched the entire series of Friends two full times. Uh <laughs> I, I, you know, I believe it's my favorite television show. Not to sort of advertise for another podcast, but okay. one of my very favorite podcasts that I listened to just came back after like a two or three year hiatus. Oh. It's called Meet My Friends, The Friends by Tom Sharp. Oh, yeah. And uh, I am, um, I didn't know how much I missed it until it came back. And it's, it's parodying Smartless and the, the storyline that he's been telling about being terrible at making a podcast is just even better than before. I don't think Chandler has gotten uh, a number one in the rate the friends mm. yet, uh, but mm. they do that at the end of every episode, which is pretty fun. And uh, I, I think you might. It, it's I just an interesting I, intersection of you, Jeff. I I based a very large portion of my identity on the character of Chandler Bring, like at you a young age, s- very yeah. heavily. You said that in a text to me today, and. Mm. It did not surprise me at all. Yeah, it could not be your any less use, surprising. Your, 
Yeah. Well, uh, Chandler Bing, not Matthew Perry. Um, oh, but... oh. Wait, Matthew Perry's still alive? What the fuck are we even talking about this if Matthew Perry's still alive? <laughs> He's yeah. not. I had no, I had no, no idea he, about this. He he died. Like It was posted at like five. What happened? Do we know? He drowned. The, Whoa. God, he was there in his, own, his jacuzzi. Um, hmm. Initial boy. statements say there's no suspects of foul play. There didn't appear to be any drugs. Bummer. Okay. Just a bummer. Chandler Bing. <clears throat> R.I.P. Chandler Bing. R.I.P.C.B. Um, yeah. Uh, so on that note, I don't like to bring it down too much, you guys, but personal hero of mine, Chandler Bing. Um, hope you're partying with the chicken, the duck, and the sky. Uh, I think I need to watch more Friends to understand what you're talking about there. Um. Uh. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just yeah. Django, do, let's get out of this well. Maybe we, yeah. Do we think that? Do we think that they're going to address that on Meet My Friends, The Friends this week? I don't know. We'll have to talk to them. Let's hear from one of our friends. Oh, let's download. Uh, Hello, and happy episode 331. Jeff, I know you know this, but I ran into your lovely mother last week at uh, TJ Maxx. Good God. And uh, (laughs) I was planning a a sequel to our podcast question, and I thought, nah, we don't need to do that. Instead, I'll use it as a transition and a segue, if you will, to a question about movie sequels. Um, but, uh, hey, I didn't get my podcast question in. So um, third time's a charm. Maybe <laughs> we can make this about, hey, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's a movie series where the third movie is, oh. is the best? Um, but I could take some easy ones right off the plate, right off the bat, like <clears throat> Thor Ragnarok and uh, um, Return of the King. Let's say um, maybe you guys got some others. If that's too difficult of a question, um, it's, it's also spooky time. If you want to just you know shout out your your favorite uh, spooky time movies that you like to revisit this time of year, because Ghostbusters and the Evil Dead trilogy don't get quite enough love. Hey, that's another one right there. Army of Darkness, amazing. <laughs> Evil Dead Two is probably better, oh, yeah. but I I like Army of Darkness. Um, it's a lot more fun. Anyway, turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Have a great Halloween. Um, I'm gonna say something, Django. What? I think it's Indiana Jones for me. Yeah. I was gonna say I wouldn't. I wouldn't think less of anybody who thought Indiana Jones. Uh, but I need. I, I need to Last rewatch Crusade is a that. pretty great movie. I need to rewatch it because, <clears> frankly, I haven't seen it since I was probably like 16. Um, it's more fun and a little more kid geared than Raiders, but okay. it's undeniably a good flick. It's a great film. Yeah. Roman, yeah. can you think of any third ones? Third films. I'm yeah. having a hard time even thinking of third films. Mm, no, I. I mean, I. Uh, that's a tough one. Riddick. See, I don't remember those well enough to know if Riddick's the good one. Um, how about <laughs> Ultimates Three? Is not good. Um, oh, for uh, comics. Oh, that yeah, was when they switched comics? over to Jeff Loeb, right? Yeah, it did switch <laughs> over to Jeff Loeb then from Mark Miller. Um, guys, here's a comic. I, I want to cheat and say like. The Richard Donner cut of Superman Two. Oh. That's Superman Ooh. Two. Superman but if you want to count good, it as like a third one, that's a good answer for sequels that are better. Uh, this is an aside, yeah. but they've solicited an absolute edition of Grant Morrison's Batman and Son, and mm-hmm. it is like chunks of three issues at a time. Like it, it, it's pulling out issues from those omnibuses. I don't think I like that. Um, I don't know specifically which issues they're pulling out, but I looked at the rundown of the issues, and it's it's not consecutive and i'm gonna buy it anyway because they got me but it's an absolute yeah you could fit a tom king book in that you've it's like 15 issues 14 okay so put two tom king books in an absolute like i agree yeah what what is dc doing 
I don't know. It's just a weird decision, but I'm going to get it because it'll go with my Batman and Robin and Batman Incorporated <clears throat> Absolute Editions. But And they're also re-soliciting Absolute Final Crisis, which is one of my favorite books and the one that I'm the most delicate with because it's starting to fall apart. I'm going to get that. I Comic Shop News. I'm, I'm not super impressed. Was there a question there? No, I just they okay. I just found that out and uh, I was excited but disappointed. That's that's a, that's a weird move. I've it's never, a weird move. I've never quite understood like yanking out bits of a creator's master plan. Like Grant should be in yeah. charge of choosing what goes in there. And, and maybe they I were. I don't know. But yeah, maybe. Um, Roman, what <clears throat> what is your? Do you have a a spooky movie that you watch every year? Django, same question. Django, mm, you don't strike me as a I, guy who watches a, like a movie every year for any holiday. I don't really tie uh, movies to a time of year. Like I would watch a February Saw episode if they had the balls to put it out in February, mm-hmm. which they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, I don't really do that either. I mean, around every Halloween time, I like to watch a Vincent Price movie, but it usually changes. Um, the first Halloween itself, I don't. Yeah, I could rewatch that. I don't necessarily do every year but closest i come is ray bradbury's animated adaptation of the halloween tree uh, which i give a shout out every year or so on here and it's i don't actually watch it every year but it's it's as close as i get to having watched a halloween movie every year i don't care for spooky movies at home Mm, like i want to be in the movie theater for it it's too scary for you yeah i just need it big and i need it loud and otherwise i'm gonna completely lose interest because people running through houses and getting their teeth shattered doesn't do anything for me on the small screen yeah yeah uh we sidestepped your question kind of will but we tried the trilogy one is tough i don't know that i fully agree with the turn of the king being better than two towers or fellowship are we all gonna just pretend that nobody thought of star wars I didn't think of Star Wars. Because I think um, that's probably... I'm just thinking of box sets at this point. Some but. people do like oh, Return of the Jedi more. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. Oh, I was talking Rise of the oh. Sith. Or whatever. Oh, the new, the new trilogy. Episode 3. Revenge of the Sith or Rise of the Jedi. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. That was that's the one a where cool movie. Anakin becomes Vader, right? Yeah. Yeah. The best God. 25 God, minutes that was, in the whole That trilogy. was pretty great, yeah, because it's such a hammer <clears> horror scene with him like rising off the slab and yeah i think he doesn't even go he goes, yeah no <laughs> all right let's do this thing you Good guys answer. comic books came out this week an enormous stack of comic books came out this week <laughs> i have 23 books from this week were in my just sort of casual stack of comics to read which is more Jeez. than i was able to read um i didn't even count mine but yeah roman i bet yours is like this an is island my- <clears throat> Wow, this is my. Story. Yeah, I've got I've got eighteen total. Oh, nineteen with gone. Yeah, <laughs> and I I brought home like one Marvel comic. If yeah, I was if really? I had Marvel in the mix, I would be I'd be drowned. In comics. Yeah, I'm feeling near drowned. There's some ones I'm still quite excited to read. I haven't read like yet, like Immortal <laughs> Thor number three. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were many things that I did read, and I bet that you guys read them also. So where is a good place to start? There were some good number ones this week, although there were more good twos and threes. Um, <clears throat> did we all read well, Gone? I read Gone. I Roman, did you read I, Gone? I did not read Gone. Well, let's talk briefly about Gone then. Django, uh, this came out from Distillery. This is in issue number one. It's Is this the first issue number one they've put out? They had the After Distillery the anthology, Devil's yeah. Okay. So this is the first of their line of ongoing books. This is written and drawn by Jacques. Uh, it takes place following a young girl who in a very future world is like poor and accidentally gets trapped on this giant 
continent-sized spaceship that's traveling a huge amount of rich people around, and she's like an insurgent, and she is running around through the inside of this ship. Well, she was just there to get some food and get off right. the ship, yeah. and then she accidentally got caught up. Like she she boarded the ship with some guys who turned out to be insurgents, and yeah, now she's stuck going through space, and her mom's still uh, on planet. So, <clears throat> just to get this out of the way, yeah. I think there was a tease for this in The Devil's Cut, and I think it was a totally different story. I okay. think she got on the ship, and then the ship left. I don't think any of the intrigue happened. Um, and I'd have to go back and double-check, but I was I was a little bit confused by that. Hmm. Um, but I thought this was a pretty fun, moody comic. Yeah, it's moody. I, I, you know, eight or nine years ago, I liked, I was, I got a lot more out of jock art than I do now. Um, mm-hmm. The the like novelty of it is worn off and I don't know how much I care for it at this point, but his he, art has changed a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <clears throat> he doesn't do as much of the like layered effects that he used mm-hmm. to do. Um, but I did think it was pretty fun. It was pretty well paced. It didn't really have any of those trappings that I associate very heavily with uh, artists writing comic books. I don't know if he's written before, but this is his first kind of large ongoing as far as I know. I think so, he did that three issue Batman One Dark Knight uh, that came oh, out from oh, in oversized format a little while ago. Okay, that, okay, which is like like Batman punching his way up yeah. thirty blocks in Gotham. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think he, it it was pretty good that way. You also know me to be somebody who like if it's like kind of middle of the road sci fi, I I kind of check out because. I've just kind of grown up on sci-fi. But what I did like about this was how well conceptualized this giant sort of uber city sized spaceship is. And it's got a giant city in it. And there's some really great panel work where she's going through the, the piping of this mm-hmm. ship that she's hiding in. So um, pretty cool environment, not necessarily enough to make me want to read the next issue though. Yeah. And like, and they killed one of my favorite characters within the first issue um and other than that though i i think i liked it i will this is something that i'm just realizing after reading this i don't love stories where the little guy is behind enemy lines most of the Uh time like like especially in a military way if it's an adventure or an escape i like it but good guys sneaking into the bad guy property and blowing things up without a very specific plan i i don't like that and i don't know if it's that you know, like I kind of, I was a certain age when, um, like yeah, a lot of that lines. was happening in the Middle East and, mm. you know, like those, those stories need to overcome something to really hook me. Hmm. Um, but I, I like this book. I like the art. I like the, the size of the story and the size of the ship. I'm, I'm curious where it's going to go with this kid. Yeah. Like, is she going to turn into somebody who runs the ship or is she going to turn into somebody who's against the ship? Is she going to, how is she going to get home? Yeah, I wouldn't like, mind in, seeing some sort of a time jump or something. Or even like her getting kicked out and picked up by another ship and her adventure trying to get home could be interesting. So yeah. I'm yeah. I'm in out of sheer curiosity, plus I like the art and the, the size. I'm coming around to the big books, Jeff. There has been more of them I've been pleased about in the last than this half of the time than in the first half. Um, yeah, I, I did like it and I do think it was well done. And uh, I, th- I think that there is a lot of people who have more interest in this type of sci fi than I do. So I, I, I anticipate that there would be some very genuine uh, 
positive feelings for this book. I give it an 8.0. That's funny. I was going to give it a seven and a half and it sounds like I liked it more than you did. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, li- I liked it. I, I don't dislike it at all. It's just a, it didn't ruffle my novelty feathers. Ew. Oh. Um, are we doing the, the gag again? Is that a thing we want to do? Could we be doing any more gags? Oh. <laughs> That's an average of 7.75. Oh, that gag. <laughs> hey, Roman, what's the number one that you checked out this week? Um, See how this way I can't pick one that you didn't read? Well, oh, there's quite a few of them. Um, yeah. How about Alan Scott, Green Lantern? Yeah, mm. how was that? I didn't grab it somehow. Dude, oh, am I the only I'm one curious it? about it. Tell yeah. us. It was yeah. good. It, it was good. I um, I liked it a lot. We had that little preview in the back of some DC books. Yeah, yeah, it, the hot the, preview. Yeah, that's the opening pages. Um, but it's a not, it's the the story. It's flashing back to those moments on the battleship with uh, Alan and I forget his lover's name um, and the plans they were kind of making surreptitiously um, and interspersed with the the main story, which is Alan Scott's beginning of the JSA and uh, Jagger Hoover's column on the carpet going, "Look, you gotta you gotta play ball. Hmm. We know about your that you're you're homosexual. That's just criminal." Um, and it's a, it's a good moving story. There's some uh, good suspense in here. I wasn't quite sure about the art. The art's a little seems a little samey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I like the story even more than I expected to. I already like Alan Scott. Um, right. And this is a cool story. It has a good cliffhanger, a very good cliffhanger. Actually, I'm I was kind of shocked. I was like, what the hell? I tell you <laughs> it's what. It's gonna have some. Re- I was, please finish. Oh, your, I, your thought. I was just gonna say it's gonna it's it's has some it's has and is going to have some well done and not ham-fisted um social commentary yeah about sexuality uh i tell you what i we auto subbed people getting green lantern to that and i also auto subbed people who are getting that current sandman book mm-hmm. because that was auto subbed from the new golden age just whatever that thing <laughs> jeff johns they're, they're all part of the same little thing yeah. um but we had like no copies for the shelf on Wednesday morning. So I went oh. in and found wow. some people who I had auto sub from Sandman who I didn't think would care about it. And I unsubscribed them and took those out and put them on the shelf. All I have to say, I had ordered like 25, quite a few for, you know, we, I think we have like 15 Green Lantern subscribers mm-hmm. um, and, and we sold out. So that's pretty good. I was surprised about that. That book yeah. just had a, a, like a kerfuffle on the internet because Alan Scott is gay. I'm like, yeah. where have you guys been? Yeah, that's like, been... This has been the status quo for, like, years. <laughs> yeah, since Earth 2 came out. Yeah. yeah. But this is actually showing him shirtless and, and his lover shirtless and during the war. Oh, my God. Yeah, I liked it. It was a spicy little preview pages. Yeah, yeah, it's been funny on the... Um, there's a, well, one of many, I'm sure, JSA fan pages on Facebook that I'm, that I'm part of the group. Um, and it's been funny and sad and ridiculous the the old dudes <clears throat> that are just are still so offended and upset about that it's like oh it's so green lantern so woke and so wrong and blah 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 hell yeah uh, hell yeah <laughs> Piss them uh, off. what's your score for it baby you guys some pearls to clutch you cowards <laughs> yeah um geez you know i think i oh i think i'd give it a nine nice maybe, maybe even, yeah maybe even higher higher if the art wasn't just i mean it's serviceable but it's just you know it's perfectly adequate i i like this vibe we've set up you guys there's so many books this week we're just kind of plowing through books we're not necessarily worrying too much about it being all books we've read hey did you guys read drive like hell that's when i assume django read 
Oh, Jeff, did <laughs> I read the rich doke Alex Cormack Mad Max with Hell? Yeah. <laughs> Roman, did you read this? Yeah. You know, I didn't, but I but that was what the assumption Django did and will be excited to tell us. <laughs> I sure read it. I'm on that Alex Cormack every book grind at this point um, after Breath of Shadows. So this is the artist that Django first brought to the, our attention and has been in on since the first time anyone saw him. Rota Bones? Uh, Rota Bones. I think Mountainhead was maybe before that. Oh, um, that's right. But you liked oh, that. God, Mountainhead. Mountainhead was awesome. Rota Bones, Sia Artist of the Crimson Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, uh, Breath of Shadows most recently, and now the artists in this book drive like hell. Django, tell us about this book. This is not a good comic, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> know that it's a very good comic. Dude, car races and car stuff is just not very easy to translate into comics like it's never it's never satisfying to me these guys like they put their their best foot forward though there's like there's some panels that are amazing yeah i think i would need like uh like a soundboard where i could push a button and hear them change gears and rev their engines yeah Yeah. uh because that's I'm I'm at the Fast and the Furious movies to hear that kind of sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, like this is this is pretty bog standard uh, criminal accidentally meeting up with the devil. But the like the final page is just this amazing cartoon that looks straight out of a Mad Max bit, where there's like monster trucks and all these all these cars jumping. Who knows what they're jumping? But they're coming after <laughs> this dude. Uh, they just found ramps in the middle of the desert. Um, so I like I would say total fluff and and very, very enjoyable, yeah. which is not what these guys usually do. Like usually heavy and dark, slow paced, character based. Yeah. Um, like but demonic and horrific. And, people. Yeah. Um, is this the same writer that usually works with them? It's the same writer from Sea of Sorrows and Road of Bones. OK, I think not the same writer from. Yeah, the most uh, recent Crimson one. Cage. Yeah. Um, but they've done some stuff. I <laughs> love this guy's art. I would say he draws like 12 different characters across yeah. all of his books. So yeah. he's doing a lot more work. He's got to be constantly working at this point, which is awesome. I hope that it's translating to like leveling up the craft as well because um, mm-hmm. he's awesome and he has an aesthetic that I'm really, really into. But I would love to see just a little bit more like a level up right there. Um, to put him in that next tier. He seems to be like, he's figuring out how to simplify his art a little bit. There's fewer lines in here than there was in the early stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes like there's, there's a couple pages where I think the comic art suffers just a little bit, but yeah. then there are pages where it's like simplified to sort of a Cam and Coley sure. level, like, like, like the, or yeah, I think sure. it was Cam and Coley who did some of those early Hellblazers with Brian Azzarello yep. that, that yeah, really yeah. turned me on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so, it's so wild seeing these artists like Fornes mm-hmm. and Hayden Sherman and Alex Cormack all sort of get a start with a very distinct style and then mm-hmm. seeing what they do with it. Like Hayden Sherman did uh another book this week he, he was he was Dark three, dungeon three books this week i think and they probably all look totally different yeah and like he, he's just doing like this this scattershot thing where everything he does is a little bit different uh alex cormack seems to be evolving and hitting these sort of branches where he could go simpler or more sketchy 
And then Fornes just seems to be really focused on panel to panel storytelling, I think. And yeah. like his style has been the same and exquisite the whole time. It's it's been a really cool class of artists to kind of watch becoming up along with yeah. this writer class that we've been watching for sure. Um, I gave this one a 7.5. I gave it an eight, baby. Nice. And just because we have it. Yeah. I don't think this is a HIPAA violation. Braden gave it a six and a half. Nice. Nice. Um, on the topic of Hayden. Well, Roman, I want you to be involved in a conversation, but I'm curious <laughs> okay. if you read a book, I'm worried that you haven't. Did you read dark spaces dungeon? I did. Nice. Yeah. It's a three-way, boys. IDW put this out under the Dark Spaces imprint that Scott <laughs> Snyder has been running that had uh, Wildfire, I think is what it was called, and mm -hmm. a different one. One that I didn't like as much. Yeah. It wasn't written by him. It was just right. presented by him. This one is written by Scott Snyder with art by Shaden, Hayden Sherman, like Django mentioned. It is essentially a person finds a hole in the ground that a cop comes to investigate and he's like yeah these are these hidden horrible torture chambers that have these like pillars that you can push in and out from the torturer to make it horrible and the guy was like how do you know this and he was like i spent three years in this very hole <laughs> um and he's like and the guy told me there's more <laughs> out there um i thought this was really really good i'm glad you said that because i could see you going either way on it actually it translated the feeling of like claustrophobia and really fucked up serial killer stuff in a totally mm -hmm. new take to me. The idea that it's this horribly uncomfortable room where they, and at the end they stumble on another one and there's somebody who's just like totally mangled because their body is so disfigured from these blocks and they're saying, I'm Please glad kill we got me. that shot. Yeah. Uh, Roman, what did you think of this? Did you like it as much as I did? I, I need to reread it because I, I blew it on this one. I, I usually don't do this, but I for some reason this afternoon, I read it while I was also watching um, Riff Tracks oh. cover of Birdemic. Um, oh. That's engaging in three stories at a time, right? <laughs> yeah, and it was stupid because it made me think that this comic was super disjointed and hard to follow. Um, <laughs> I didn't know who anybody was, but I liked the torture device. That was awesome. Um I didn't have but any yeah, problems following I need to re it. Yeah, I need to reread it because I ended up kind of just being like, huh, well, that was a mess. I think you'd get <laughs> more out of it with some attention. I think so. Yeah, and it's Hayden Sherman who, any we, attention at all. who we like. So, yeah, Django, did you like this in the realm of as much I liked it? I, I loved it. I thought it was a really good sort of, uh, like, if, if I were to assign a director to it, it would be... Fincher. Oh. Oh, Fincher. I thought you said Bencher. I was, oh, was going to say Corey Fukunaga. Right, oh. Corey Fukunawa is that the, the guy who did guy? True Detective? Like this, yeah. this felt yeah, I could see that. This too. felt a little True Detective-y to me, and not quite as patient, but it's a comic book. Um, yeah, I thought that the torture device was amazing. I really like the. I don't know exactly what Hayden Sherman is doing that's different here, but it's different than what he's been doing. Like it's it's a little more on the um, Michael Kaluta spectrum when you have slow scenes. I can yeah. definitely see. Michael Kaluta in there. I also think it's a little bit less stylized than some of the other times that we've seen him, like in mm -hmm. the wildfire one. Um, that one is he's leaning into like a softer, more curved figure type, whereas this is a little bit more direct, which I think serves the tone of the story better. Yeah, I I don't 
always love horror things. Like it takes a, an extra sort of twist or level to make me really, really dig them. And, and this one is in there for me. So if you are uh, horror curious, I would highly, highly recommend this book. It was my highest score of the week. I went nine and a half. I went nine and a half also. Roman gave it a four. Oh, I don't think I should give a give a score because I, I wasn't paying enough attention to it. Yeah, that's fair. Like, that's fair. It, so everybody will just have to believe us. Yeah. Why, why like is what? Like in the beginning, 21 years ago, Site 7, was that just one of the torture sites that they found? Yeah. Jesus okay. Christ, you really weren't reading it very close. <laughs> I know. I, nev- I never have, like, I don't even usually listen to music while I read comics because I usually don't want anything to distract me. I don't know what I, what happened this afternoon. Riff tracks, That's awesome. Baby. This, this yeah. panel with the truck is like, it's colored like a Francisco Francavilla. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and, yeah like... I just love this guy's art so much. Every yeah. every left turn that he takes, I think, just ramps him up in my. I wonder if there's opinion. any other shop or collection of people <clears throat> who like actively talks about him as much as we do. Like, I wonder I how, how big it, we're in such an echo chamber up here. Roman, like, he, he did <laughs> he did a bunch of older stuff too that yeah. I thought looked cool but never finished because I didn't love the stories. Yeah, huh. Roman, uh, what do you think that Dracula? By James Tenyon the Fourth and Martin Simmons needs this adaptation. <laughs> do, you, do you think that this <laughs> book needs? I, to I was exist? wondering why. Why are, is Image doing this Universal Monsters like <laughs> adaptations now? Especially because we've got that Drac the Dracula coming up by um. Uh, Ito? No um um no by um crap. Uh, what's his name? Created Grendel and <laughs> Matt Wagner. Wagner. Yeah, isn't it Matt Wagner and That's somebody cool. else That's are doing cool. one coming up? I've I'd, never I'd given it. a fuck about a Dracula adaptation, except that Tom Waits was in one of the movies. So, <laughs> so this but, book but, exists. Yeah, the, and I don't know why, but I got to admit, it's um, Jimmy T.I.V. and Martin Simmons, who were the team on uh, uh, Department of Truth, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and Martin Simmons, I got to admit, his artwork is great here, as usual, yeah. but his... Um, Especially, I love his portrayal of Renfield because yeah. it really it really looks like um, Dwight Fry, the original actor of Renfield from the Dracula movies of the 30s. Dracula. Um, Dracula. Um, so that was cool. And, you know, there's dialogue taken right from the book, and that's cool. But I, I still don't know. I mean, is it just because of Halloween's this month this came out? I mean, <laughs> in you, his don't, you don't get a Universal Monsters uh, license without more of a reason than it's Halloween. Yeah, like right. they, so they've this gotta is a be, big corporate deal. Yeah, they've got to okay. be planning some large scale sort of attempt at a shared monster, universal monster <clears throat> universe in Image Comics. Like this is just the first one. Yeah, so now um, Image is trying to do what they were going to try and do in the movies with when they brought back the Universal Monsters a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe except blew it all over the place. They, they, when they did the Mummy. That was the only one they got. They managed to squeeze out, right? Was the mummy? There was that where there was there was Wolf a Dracula Man. one, and yeah. Oh, With really? Benicio del Toro, but that was like twelve years ago, ten years. Yeah, the ago, Dracula one was like a huge it. bomb. I mean, it was terrible. So was the mummy. So okay, Roman, you probably know the Dracula novel and the Dracula movies better than me or Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably me and Jeff combined. I, I thought that I had read somewhere that they were doing something different with this, which is why I picked it up. But yeah. to my memory, the only different thing is that Martin Simmons draws a good drawing or paints <laughs> a good painting. Like, I don't see anything 
different or special about this from a writing standpoint? Like this, this could be a classics illustrated almost. Is there, yeah. am I missing something? Is there some twist no. in here? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, no, no gender swaps. I mean, I, no, no, no. I mean, I haven't read Dracula since high school, but um, from what I remember and from the movies, I mean, there doesn't seem to be anything different here. Uh, I think maybe they've skipped over some details because it's a, such a smaller format, but it all essentially is the same. Um, yeah. So we've got a Dracula story. So probably doesn't need to exist. It doesn't seem to be offering anything new. I don't know who it's geared for. So all of that <clears> said, <throat> talking about the quality of this book, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty it was good. A good comic. Yeah, yeah I thought it was, it was. Yeah, it was well done. I mean, there there's a, a double page spread in the center that's uh, focusing on Dracula's red bloody eyes and Dracula action around it, including like ethereal wolves and stuff. And it's beautiful. Yeah, like it's not too Jimmy T I V E. It feels pretty just like a straight ahead adaptation of Dracula. I would love if they, you know, offer something new at some point to the story or some reason to be engaging this in this. But if you're a big Dracula fan or maybe if you've never read or experienced Dracula outside of the movies, <laughs> this would be a good thing to have around there. They're surely thinking about graphic novel sales with this rather than issue sales. Mm. You know, they're thinking about, OK, cool, we can have like a good modern definitive Dracula adaptation to live on shelves for a while because like do we can you think of another what's the best vamp like straight ahead dracula style vampire comic well i don't know man i i never really get very far into dracula stories i guess yeah. there's the like mignola one and yeah, yeah so it's it's mike mignola and uh kelly jones doing a dracula prequel which is dracula the impaler uh making his deal with the devil interesting so like is that, that the new that's, that's the, the that's the Kickstarter up? thing with Matt Wagner that's coming up. Okay, okay. Like, that okay. sounds pretty interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Like and yeah. this, like like yeah. you said, this is a good comic. I it is good. Yeah, yeah. So it. years ago, to answer your question, Jeff, um, I forget who the artist was, but Roy Thomas scripted a Dracula. It ended up never finishing, but then being getting collected as a, a graphic novel. That was actually, I think, the first comic book adaptation of the entire novel, hmm. and that was good. I forget what year it was. <clears throat> so I guess for me in talking about it, like I don't know how heavily I would recommend somebody spend the $4 for it or whatever, mm -hmm. because it's in my opinion, like I would probably engage in other things about Dracula, but in our position where we get to read it for free, I thought it was a pretty good comic book top to bottom and was a gorgeous book of it. So like that, is an endorsement to buy it. I, I don't know, you know, like if you want more Dracula, this is a pretty good way to get it. Mm -hmm. What would you give it? Um, I gave it an eight. I gave it a seven and I, I, I cannot decouple my confusion and disdain for what I imagine is going on behind the scenes to make this thing exist. Yeah, behind the curtain, parting the kimono, I actually gave it a 7.5 and then changed it on the fly to an 8 based on my description, so. Yeah, like, I, I, it's undeniably good, but, like, why? Roman, where are you at in the terms of, in terms of evaluating game? it with a number? Boy, um, a 666. Oh, Dang it, I should have given it a six six six. Oh, yeah, well, you can, you can you can do that. You can still do that. It's too late. I said it out loud. Oh, we can. Mm. Advocate well, edit Lisa, it. whatever holds my six 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 on. Um, mm. no, bud, you're I, good. 
I think I think I'd give it the seven point five. Okay. Um, and it is good. That's not a denigration. It's just I've I've read so many Dracula adaptations and stuff. Right. And like, well, the only thing I see that well, and this is probably just my memory when they're talking about Renfield coming over on the boat. Well, that's Renfield's trip. Maybe there was two trips because he talked about they talk about Renfield coming over on the Vesta, and I was like, well, I thought it was the Demeter, but that's Dracula came over on the Demeter, and nobody survived that. Yeah, yeah, it, and I'll also be honest. Picturing him on a Vespa makes him a lot less intimidating. <laughs> the Vesta with a T. I happened um, to watch the movie Renfeld right before I read this comic. Oh, did you see that, Roman? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a pretty awesome examination of the idea of codependence. I like the blood. Yeah, I like Nick Cage's Dracula, but the rest I was like, meh. Uh, Django, uh, take me somewhere. Jeff, what if I were to? tell you that i wanted to take you to um funky town well that's later roman okay what if i wanted to take you to batman the brave and the bold number six i had a feeling you might do something like that did you did you did you get that roman batman the brave and the bold number six oh look at your stack it's a fat stack i i i didn't because i think i think i lost track of where i am i might have missed some issues and let's be fair everybody issue one and two had the tom king mitch garrett story three and four did not five did and now six does not so there is not a coherent rhyme or reason to it and uh we as store owners should should know that and we don't so we as store owners should just almost boycott dc completely because of this garbage that they're doing but but they do some really good comics yeah this one pissed me off pretty bad and then (laughs) i saw that guillaume march did a story in here and that's the only one i read in here that's the only one i read in here too um so i'm sorry to a bunch of other pretty good artists and writers but Kristen spokes williams landini and sean lewis and javier fernandez yeah ed brisson like yeah, there's 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 good stuff in there. Probably I wouldn't know because I only read the first part, which is a full comic size. I think twenty pages. Yeah, I just counted. And it's you <laughs> March and Bruce Wayne has been hit in the head and has amnesia, and this little girl and her mom are taking care of him in their apartment. And it seems to me to be set probably during year one ish, maybe shortly after year one. Well, he has a Robin. Okay, so yeah, it's got to be right after. Maybe it was just, there's a couple of panels that were very year one reminiscent to me. Yeah, the Catwoman costume is in that time frame, like that Jim Ballant Catwoman era. But yeah, he's had Robin. The girl getting kidnapped on the street um, looks like uh, straight up Frank Miller stuff to me. Yeah. I thought that this was really, really well done and super patient for something that's coming out in an anthology like this is only part one i think yeah i think that's a really good point i didn't think about that but i do think it's very patient and i while reading it was anticipating it to wrap up in this issue the whole time and was very pleased that there's going to be more of it um i really like this potential (laughs) romance that they set up between bruce and this woman who's got a daughter uh, straight very, up sleeping with her dude yeah it's steamy i like that yeah. very much uh the little girl is wonderful and adorable yeah and it's great to get to see a particularly human side of batman because it's kind of answering that question of like if he gets amnesia which personality is the one you know and he's being bruce that's, and he's that's sort of he's using defaulting. he's sort of using the batman persona to try to remember who he is and he's like the little girl kind of coaches him towards it yep which i thought was pretty cool yeah um 
and she's awesome. Like I, if she ends up being a Robin, I would put her up there with Carrie Kelly. She's yeah. Like a cool little badass kid. Yeah. Um, here, this is, this was the other panel that made me think of year one. It was, uh, him. He's, yeah. that's literally that same fire escape again, Jeff. He just hangs out. I mean, on that it, fire it is a fire escape. Yeah. No, it's the same fire escape. Oh. Same one. hundred percent. Okay. okay. I talked to Guillaume March. I learned whatever. Uh, he's Italian. So yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't, couldn't. I mean, I could actually, but it is a very high score for me. It, it's Guillaume March and his art is wonderful. I've always loved his art. And he's doing some great writing here, except for I do think, yeah, it's Italian or something. And it, the translation is just a tiny bit like not a lot of contractions are being used. So it feels a little bit maybe not exactly how a kid would be speaking. But um, but a lot of it is very good. But yeah, I, I gave it a nine. It, I think, is a phenomenal Batman story coming out. And I like your point about the patience of it, because, yeah, it's paced really, really well. And it allows you to be more invested in these characters. I don't do this often, Jeff, but it's it's getting a ten from me. Mm. I think it's I think it's the I think it's the best thing I read this week. It might be one of my favorite things I've read in a really long time. Nice, it's dude. super tempting to dock it just out of spite um, because I only read one third of the comic. Get in in twelve <laughs> seconds. Tell me what you love so much about it. It's uh, Bruce out of his element, but totally in character, and it's the relationship between him and this little girl that is accidentally a much healthier relationship than he has with any of his family in any of the current Batman books. I love it. That is a great explanation. And yeah, you as a the father yourself, uh, like well-written fathers or parents and kids stories. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent story. And I'm looking forward to when they collect it in a square bound two issue nonsense thing. Roman, Trash, what's cool. what's another book you read this week that you love? Django, thanks for not muting with that cough. That was good. Oh. <laughs> Passive um, aggressive cast. <laughs> well, Sorry, you know, I muted I, for the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I loved Captain America number two, Legacy number seven fifty two. That's in my stack of two reads still, but I I oh, really okay. liked issue one. Yeah, seven fifty two read. <laughs> <laughs> so two stays good. Yeah, yeah, I I, I love this. You know. Uh, kind of like that other issue I was talking about earlier with the um, now I forget what comic it was. Um, with Green Lantern, uh, this cap story is set in current times, but there's also also a flashback story to um, oh, just after his mom had died, so 1938, and you know things are ramping up toward World War with Germany and um, and little Steve Rogers. Well, little he's you know like I don't know 14, 15. He he uh, you know this issue he he happens to overhear a rally by the um the german bund basically the american nazi party um in central park and gets in a scuffle with some goons and it's just great there's lots of uh good i love social comedy good social commentary with fascism and nazis and even before he ever got near a, a u.s army uniform or anything you know steve rogers is captain america just in spirit i mean he just he's fearless he's he's just such a good guy <laughs> But also he's dealing with the fact he's now, you know, an orphan and homeless and trying to find a place to live and doesn't have a job because he's 15. And it's just great. And so it's talking about poverty and those kind of things. And in the modern times, Spider-Man stops by and they have some good banter and, and you know, Steve getting annoyed with them. And but being Steve, he still helps him out. It's just cool. Ugh, what do you give it? Um. Oh, golly, I give it. Oh, God, there's this last this last scene. I'll give it an eight. Nice. That's a good um, score. 
I just want to toss out Amazing Spider-Man number 36 came out this week. I've been loving this oh. series. I was this I was hoping this is going to be kind of going back into the Green Goblin Spider-Man stuff, but I like I also like that they're kind of keeping that a back like a B plot in the background, but this is following up on the fact that Limbo has a, a embassy in New York after what happened with the that dark rain or whatever, <clears throat> whatever that was called. Um, Helen in New York or whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but Rec Rap is in it, who is like the <laughs> the Peter Parker from Limbo or he's like a demon or something. And so I was like, OK, it's going to be this guy. Um, by the end of it, I was adoring it. I think that he <laughs> is written so fun and I really like he and Peter together and it maybe is dumb and I don't blame anybody for thinking it is dumb, but uh, I was thinking it might be, but I actually really like that character. He made me giggle a handful of times. And they're also in the spirit of like older comics, just doing this fantastic job with the C plot. Like every issue has had one or two pages leading up to this gang war thing. That's going to be happening. (laughs) And I just think it's way better paced and executed than how Marvel does it or sorry, how DC does it. Um, and how a lot of other Marvel ones are like, I, I, again, the pacing of it and the patience of telling a story in the long form um, is is very cool to me. And I appreciate that. It makes me dread this gang war thing less because it seems like a weird event. But Roman, what do you think of this Spider-Man? I liked it, too. And yeah, I like I like the pacing of these storylines much more than I did, say, like the Mary Jane and the other dimension and Ms. Marvel's death and all those those stories. Um and yeah, same thing. I was kind of like, ah, oh, wreck rap. But he's like the breakout character of whatever that crossover was called. Yeah, Dark Web. Yeah, Dark Web. Yeah, people people love him. And I still chuckle when I see his name because it's he's a demon that would just somehow became enraptured with Spider-Man. Yeah. And and named himself Wreck Rap, which is Peter Parker backwards. And, and, <laughs> and it just cracks me up every and time. And he's just such a huge fan of Spider-Man. He's walking around in a trench coat with a hat on like a detective. Yeah, because yeah, he thinks just, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your score for it? Oh, um, I think I gave that one a seven. Nice. I'm going 8.5 on it. Okay. Wow, that's a that's a wide range, boys. Yeah. Yeah, that's we're a wide range we're wide ranging boys Django, get me excited yeah. about something or roman oh, uh, sorry roman just make a sound oh uh, uh yeah i did oh i just wanted to ask you if you read uh ice cream man i haven't oh, yet that's oh, in my okay. read oh. as well but i fucking sh- cover bro i yeah. showed this cover to a lot of people <laughs> yeah it yeah, was it good bumps. it was good it was fun and mainly i just i don't even really have anything to say about it it's just like there's your name's all over this thing. It's it, the figly bumps and the figlies, everything. And it's just like, oh, nice. I might <laughs> have to my, keep it. Yeah. When I pointed that out to somebody, they were the first thing they asked. Me, I think it was Sean or somebody that said, uh, well, did they spell the same? It's like, well, no, no, but. they don't. <laughs> no, but Jeff. Yeah. You emailed him. You're right. I did email him. Wait, you emailed W. Maxwell. This Brent? writer. And he responded. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if I wrote my name in there. It's on your email. I'll bet. I'll bet you sent it from Jeff at the comics place. So I would, I mean, what do I know? What do I know where, where writer's ideas come from? Hey, but it's not a common name. No. And you know, there's something else in here that made me look it up because I realized I didn't know this until I looked it up because of this comic book in the UK, they pronounce it marshmallow, which is how it says, but we say marshmallow here. (laughs) Yeah. Huh? I wonder why. Well, Jeff, you did it. You've arrived. I didn't think about that till you said it. It isn't a weird wow. word, and I did send an email to him. And Andrew I think said it's, he's very kind. 
I think it's the first time that you or I have been in a comic and hadn't had to pay for it. Huh. I don't know. If, I don't know. Um, what do you guys give the Figly, this, the birth of the Figly star? I mean, it's impossible to to not give that a high score. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I'd give it yeah, an eight. It's, it's not, not my favorite issue of that series, but it's engaging and sexy. Yeah, same here. Not my favorite one, but yeah, less than an eight. I mean, I can't conceive anymore of how an issue of Ice Cream Man can be less than an eight. I know. Yeah, I <laughs> totally agree. It's it's one of the best. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you, Juggernauts. Yeah, is it about spoilers? Is it a boot spoilers? It's a boot spoilers. <laughs> Take me away. Let's, uh, you know, are you familiar with the term vamping, Jeff? Yeah, I just want to use this as a reminder. Django, be aware of the volume uh, that you play it with. I realized mine was a little loud and I played it, so I turned it down. Uh, use your best judgment. I've got no real control over this, Jeff, so uh, make make faces at me if it's... if it's Can't you turn the volume down in the email? It's not an email. Oh. Hey, friends. It's everyone's 18th favorite Canadian, Brian G., and I've come here to chew bubblegum and ask a burning question. Unfortunately, my bubblegum drawer is plumb. We gotta get this man some more bubblegum. Here's my question for you. (laughs) We've been experiencing something that can only be called content oversaturation. People seem to be dropping off of so many different things Mm -hmm. just because there's so much choice. Personally, the other day I was looking for something to watch and I spent more time trying to figure out what I would watch than actually watching the thing. don't even get me started with my massive, ever-growing stack of unread comics. <laughs> There's so many books, and sometimes I just don't know what to read, so I just don't read anything. Mm-hmm. But that got me to thinking, is spoiler culture contributing to this? Cue my old man voice. Back in my day, you either watched the movie opening weekend, or you got spoiled. You watched the show the night it premiered, or you got spoiled. <laughs> Heck, as recently as Game of Thrones, which only ended in 2019. You watched it so you could be in on conversation, or you got spoiled. Spoiled. I mean, that re- rarely, rarely happens anymore. Gen V is on Prime. Boys was super popular, but I don't hear anybody talking about it. And if you try and bring it up, people say, oh, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Everyone loved Invincible, but I haven't heard anyone talk about the Adam Eve one shot on Prime. Heck, even the Ultimate Universe is being restarted. But you can't say anything about the Forest of miniseries because spoilers, I'm waiting for the trade. Hey, I read every single issue the day they came out. And it actually got me into the comic store because I wanted to read it so badly. But it just feels like there's less urgency around things because people in general, and this feels gross in my mouth, respect other people's wishes to avoid spoilers, (laughs) question mark? Just seems really weird. And I wonder if it's contributing at all to the weird kind of content malaise that we feel right now. Love to hear your thoughts. All right, that's going to do it for this week. And this knucklehead, I'll catch you on the flip side. Brian Garside, I love you. That's a great email, and you read it incredibly. Django, can you give a shout-out to Brian's podcast so that listeners here could know how they could track down a little more Brian Garside if they're curious? Yeah, if you need more Brian Garside in your life, it's called the Manage Comics dot 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 um, something or other. <laughs> Meanwhile, that Manage Comics is what okay. it's called. Okay, Meanwhile, Manage and- Comics. I listen to it every time. It's just, it's him talking about his point of sale system. I would listen to him watch paint dry. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so there's a ton of things coming out, but there's also kind of a malaise of things that you don't hear about. Do we not hear about things because of the sheer volume of things coming out? Or, or do we feel like we are hearing about fewer things and a large contributing factor of that is this sort of real aversion to spoilers that have kind of happened in the last decade or so. Does it, does it sound like is that, that your read on the question? Yeah. And I think it's a really astute observation, like being scared to talk about things is a real thing and have it like we, we have to be kind of experts at it in the store to talk in general terms, to convince somebody that they should read this book. But if you don't have that skill set, anything you say could be treated like you've ruined somebody's life by leaking that at the end of the first episode of a 70 episode TV show, somebody gets hurt, you know, Roman, what do you think? That is, that's it. That's a great question. Um, And by the way, Brian, I've, I've watched the Adam Eve special and I haven't watched this week's episode of uh, Gen V yet, but I'm about to probably after this, <clears throat> this recording. Um. I don't know, because, yeah, like Jango said, we have to be able to talk about stuff and, you know, promote it without spoiling anything. And it's a sometimes it can be a fine balance to to walk. I guess maybe people aren't are being conscious of that for all the, because of all the people that aren't conscious of it. Um, but also, I'm also I so many things I'm so far. I made the joke with uh, in the store this week that I just discovered this new show called uh, Key and Peel, and it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so maybe I'm the wrong person. To... Oh, wow. Well, there's a new one coming out called Chappelle Show. I think you'll like then. Oh, sweet. That's that bald think, guy, right? I think it's a great question because I do think that there is a real aversion to spoilers at a point now in society. Um that makes it difficult to discuss things and also contributes to that like sort of victim complex that is getting larger and larger. I think in American society, like don't do this to me. Um, And I, that bothers me. And I do think that it affects some people's openness about talking about things, but I don't necessarily see that as the largest contributing factor to this sort of like malaise that you describe. And I, I, I would personally contribute it more to a lot of different things, but one, the sheer volume of things coming out. So Mm -hmm. I think it's much more common for people to be on very different pages with things. So we're all watching them at different times now, rather than watching them weekly on television or something. Streaming just get dumped all at once. Yeah. So So then there's some people who actively avoid it for two months. And, um, Mm -hmm. but I, I think maybe even more than that, I think we live in a time now where, it's so easy for anyone to have a voice. And I think a byproduct of that is you hear a lot more from people who have nothing to say or no reason to be saying it. And because you're hearing way more voices and the way the internet is structured, we don't really have people like Siskel and Ebert and stuff now where we um, celebritize the people who openly discuss and critique and therefore celebrate types of art. Like we don't, I don't feel like we as much now kind of be like, oh, well, what did this person think about that? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a byproduct of sort of, you know, having so many more channels through which information comes, right? Because it's not that we all just have 12 channels on our television now, uh, you know, and and therefore all watching and trusting the same sources. Um, Yeah, I was thinking about it earlier with just like Taylor Swift is a really interesting thing because she's so incredibly famous. But I think it's because there is like this sort of... um, 
every news source, every magazine source, everybody is talking about her and telling you that she's a superstar. So it's making everyone believe that she's a superstar, making kids love her, like and doing all of this stuff in a way that like, you know, Nirvana was as well. But I feel like Nirvana was one of the last bands to have that happen because that was kind of when things started fracturing more. Well, and they openly hated it too. Yeah. God, this this opens up such a huge can of worms. We could do a whole episode on that, mm-hmm. on just this. But like, I think that there's a huge two two things. I think there's a huge difference between spoilers and something that's going to intrigue you, right? So like, sure. you could give one or two twists in a movie and not ruin the movie, and I don't think that those should count as spoilers, right? Mm-hmm. So like, and maybe not even the twists, but the the turns leading up to the twist. Right. So if if you were to watch what was that one with um, James Bond and Captain America, it was like a like a mystery where you you start watching the, the knives out. You go in and you're like, OK, this is a whodunit. And like 40 minutes into the movie, the whodunit is solved. And that's not what you're watching. Mm-hmm. That would make me want to watch the movie more than not not giving me any information about why this is an interesting thing because the interesting thing about that movie aside from the actors that are in it and the like the the just how how snappy it is is that turn in the movie where and and that's not a spoiler it's a structure thing mm-hmm. and that's that's a thing that'll grab you the other thing that i was just thinking is when you mentioned taylor swift you can't really spoil music Mm-mm. it's no. like one of the few mediums that we we work with that can't really have spoilers in the way that we think of spoilers right yeah that's an interesting point um yeah and i think but it is interesting also i think that trailers and commercials for things have begun to show much much more of the content and i think that's one of several examples of how we as viewers have more of something that we already planned to see or experience thrown on us than I think used to be a thing. So I think that's one of the reasons people are developing more of this idea of like, I don't want to know more, you know, because mm-hmm. that's a, that's a feeling somebody has because of a problem they've identified. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just thinking about the, sort of the first thing that you were saying, you know, like the diversion, like for me, I, I think also we have such a volume of things coming out that, things fall structurally into very kind of samey things. So when something isn't going to fall into that same structure, that to me is a tremendous surprise and like Mm -hmm. joyful thing. I do think stumbling on that and having a surprise of that increases my enjoyment rather than knowing it. Because if I know it, I look for it. Like I recently went and saw Old Boy and somebody had told me that something (laughs) happens to redefine everything in it. And because I knew that, then what happens, I was looking to try and solve that puzzle and I had guessed what was going to happen early on. So it adjusted my perception of it. Also, even knowing a twist can spoil it, even knowing that there is a twist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about the difference in the ways that like Django and I watch movies often, you know, and and but so a large portion of my defense of spoilers are not liking spoilers is is that I'm acting actively trying to solve probably from the creative creator's standpoint what this movie is before the movie mm-hmm. gets to it i'm always trying to do that in low power mode and you're like no man any I'm movie try- so anyway g- great question i can talk about it forever it's very very interesting did you guys read the prism is this a was that a comic no. this week? 
No, tell me about it. A blaze, huh? Do you guys remember that gorgeous green record art book we had at the old store called Vox? Yeah, yeah, with the girl um, licking the quarter-inch plug. This is written and drawn by that person. Oh, wow. Um, and it's the only time I've seen them write and draw a comic book. And that book was all super hot alt girls with guitars in science fiction landscapes, which is mm-hmm. the most like Jeff thing in the entire world. And every uh, time we faced it out, it sold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We sold a ton of them. So this is a book. The first issue came out. It's a sci-fi story with looking at the way that like maybe in the far future, music and sonic waves have this strong ability to like alter reality. And this starts off with uh, a lady jumping out of an orbiting satellite on a platform with an electric guitar onto the stage of a giant concert and then starts a guitar solo. Nice. Um, So like, was it good? I don't know. It was hot people in a science fiction reality with guitars focused throughout it, which is to say I liked it. I'm kind of surprised now that you guys saw it, but I uh, didn't remind anybody it was that same person. So I didn't see it. Yeah. It, I've never seen this cover in my life. It is cool. If you remember that art book, there's a real aesthetic thing that this person has. They're very into guitars. Like So it's Matteo DeLongis. Does, so what I know of him is his painting including this cover is pretty painterly is the inside painted um the inside cover looks very standard comic book um almost a little bit i mean there's de- i would say it's digital if i if, if that's mm-hmm. what you're asking um but it's okay but but line work not paint work exactly yeah yeah cool um yeah uh what do i give it hard to give it a score i wrote down a nine um but that's just me Django Roman why don't I like Flash as much as I should I don't know dude but I (laughs) fucking love this and I don't know if this is I don't know if this is me kind of giving uh Cy Spurrier the Jeff Figley Grant Morrison benefit of the doubt okay and trust um but I thought that this was just awesome when they solicited this series and said it's cosmic horror and i was like yeah whatever that sounds dumb and then both of these issues have really really engaged me and had me super curious about what's going on and like what is the science behind it and then they show these gods and usually like cosmic gods and usually that is like okay Django's done paying <laughs> any attention to this garbage <laughs> trash but i thought it was really cool that's uh, fucking awesome that you're into it and it's that different because yeah, I would I would have assumed that it would not be a thing that you would be that into given having read it's, it. It's just like I don't know. It's it's you know what it is, Jeff. It's, it's got these, hexagons used as tra- transports. I know you like it, that. Yeah, that's super cool. But it's it's they're explaining this cosmic stuff with science. They're like two and a half times taller than Flash, not nine hundred times taller than Flash. Sure. So like and and they actually literally stand in the middle of a street. And have a conversation with him and it's a super confusing conversation that we don't have enough information to quite translate but it's all the stuff that bothers me about cosmic stories reined in and putting everybody's feet literally on the ground and turning it into more of a curious mystery rather than a cosmic unanswerable question Hell yeah. Um, that's, I think that's why I'm letting the cosmic stuff not 
not get in the way of me enjoying this. And that just like the slowed down gorillas and the, or the, the gorillas, gorilla grod. Yeah. Gorillas. Uh, yeah. I'm, I love it. And, and Mike Diodato, I just like what he does and yeah, I wouldn't expect I to like him in a superhero context like this, but I really fucking like this series. Roman or where, where are you at with it? Ditto everything uh, Django just said. I, I'm surprised that Diodato is so good now. Cause I remember back, you know, back when he first came on the scene in the nineties, I hated his artwork. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's definitely changed since then. And this is my favorite artwork he's ever done. Um, so it's so the style of it, the grid work and everything is just so different and interesting. Um, I love his, what he does with panels. Yeah. And I love, and I love all this. And at first, when I first glanced at this and the previous issue, I thought, well, that's kind of distracting, but it, I don't know. It works so well with the, the speedsters, their, their dimensional stuff. And, you know, they're traveling through dimensions and time and the, what flat, what Wally discovers this time, that's got me excited that, okay, there's more, Make huge ramifications for his powers and what he might be able to do because yeah. that's what he how he figures out he's able to basically just step outside of to stop in in position to the rest of the the galaxy <laughs> and it's not speed it's just total stillness on a cosmic level that that is so cool well that's that's what those those people getting pulled up in bubbles were right they're yeah they're being tied relative to the sun rather than the earth so they're not moving the earth is just going away from them which yeah now that like that's my kind of sciencey bullshit that is uh interstellar for me i i i I need to give it another read i this i'm gonna chalk this sort of similarly up to roman's one from earlier um dungeon i felt the same way about the first issue but it's just a little hard for me to follow and i don't i have a hard Mm -hmm. time putting my finger exactly on it but like i don't know if i'm kind of distracted or whatnot but like it it's taking me more work than a lot of comics to like feel like i'm getting it um i said something kind of similar yeah yeah (laughs) i was saying something sort of similar to that in the comic shop and carl pietroncionio was like i totally agree like i just Yeah. yeah bounced right off of it i don't know i it's I don't know. I can't put my finger quite on it. I like the art. I love the idea of like cosmic horror and the flash. Um, I, I don't have any criticisms of it outside. It's a little hard for me to follow, but I can't even quite put my finger on what about it. I can't. I'm not saying that I think it's bad quality for it. It's just a I don't know. I I, I would maybe I'm interested to read this issue a second time, having the scope of it and seeing if it all sort of fits more into place as I'm reading it. I just noticed that while the flash is in that stasis bubble, and he's being still, he starts to cry. Like he's got no expectations is what he says. And then he's got a tear for two panels. That's like, you can identify Django. I get, yeah, maybe so. I guess, I guess, cause like, I'm always kind of moving. Like I don't, I don't slow down very easily. And Mm. part of it is absolutely expectations. Um, and, and having, having flash be allowed to have a moment on the couch like I just had this afternoon when I took a surprise two and a half hour nap. Like surprise uh yeah. I good good shit. I give it a nine and a quarter. Nice. Bring in the quarter in. I gave it an eight. I think it's good. I I sometimes it just takes a couple issues for me to like get the vibe or direction of a thing. I'm excited very excited to see where this is gonna be in like six or seven issues. I wonder if assigning a movie director to this would change the way that you read it. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Michael Bay or like somebody who is a little bit more highbrow and sci fi than Michael Bay though. 
Interesting. Like Ridley I Scott, would absolutely, maybe. Maybe uh, Ridley, but not Scott, Ridley maybe, Scott. Maybe even uh, uh, our, our buddy who did Interstellar for me. Yeah, Christopher Nolan yeah, came to mind. Like, like, like the scope. What do you give it, Roman? I'll give it nine and a half. Nice. We should nice. do that next time. Try and figure a director out for each of the comics we talk about. I love that. I love that because it's it really changes the way that you read something, I think. Yeah, and I'm excited to see how we're We should write them down. Yeah, we should. We, them all we should once. figure out, like, we should talk about, like, beforehand, live like, show. five, five that we... Oh, that's a good idea for the live show. Um, or, but yeah, co- yeah, assign beforehand five books that we know all three of us read to try and do or something. But okay. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, listen, thanks for this Halloween. Thanks for spending with us. Uh, everybody should go watch an episode of Friends. Uh, send some love out to the Matthew Perry and the friend crew um, because I like that guy. And listen to Meet My Friends, The Friends by Tom Sharpling. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we also lost. Keith Giffen, it's been a busy month for deaths, you guys. Dude, that Keith Giffen thing is still bumming me out. Yeah, I, he's a tight. I messaged, I messaged Dino last night. We had a long, nice conversation. Yeah, I love that guy. He didn't know that Keith Giffen had died. Oh I, no! I told him over text like an asshole. That's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Also, I think we said it on the podcast a couple weeks ago, but the very best social media sign off you could ever have. What was it? Yeah. He said, uh, "Let me let me bring it up because it's, it's." Oh no, I did reading. I did read it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to our our viewers here. Um, yeah, this will be our sign off for the night. You can send us an email to Jeff at thecomicsplace.com or Django at thecomicsplace.com, and we'll get them on the the show. We would love to do that. Please, please send us those. Love having two uh, the last two weeks. That's been so stupendous. Uh, thank you as always, Will. Thank you, Brian, and then thank you always to Andrew for editing this bird for us. We really appreciate you, Django. We may have a weird schedule coming up. I don't know if we've decided. I think you oh, and I yeah, should try to I... do some sort of podcast while we're on the road. Yeah, Django and I are going to Texas and then New Orleans. Driving you might Orleans. hear us uh, podcasting from the car with some car noise. That that could be yeah, pretty fun. That'd be fun. We'll have a guest with us the whole time. I can't wait. Yeah, for the last little bit. Okay, so uh, Keith Giffen's final social media post. I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks. Keith Giffen, 1952 to 2023. Wah, ha, 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 ha. See you next week.